In this episode, I break down Rotten Tomatoes, see how credible the critics are, how truly accurate the tomato meter rating system is, and how it matches up compared to other big-name movie review aggregators. This episode is spoiler-free. Enjoy. So Rotten Tomatoes is a review aggregator website for movies and television, which basically means that they collect reviews and publish them. They use a tomato meter rating system that millions of moviegoers use when deciding to watch a movie. It is based on the opinions of hundreds of movie and television critics. The rating is the percent of professional critics that review a given movie or television show and mark it as positive, which is considered fresh, or negative, which is considered rotten. For example, if 100 critics review a movie and 90 critics rate it as positive or fresh, then it has a tomato meter rating of 90%, which is extremely good. So there are three types of ratings a movie or TV show could get on Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten, fresh, or certified fresh. Movies that have a rating of 0% to 59% earn a rating of rotten. And movies that have a rating of 60% all the way to 100% earn the rating of fresh. Now, what a lot of people don't know is there's also a rating called Certified Fresh. A Certified Fresh movie must have a rating of 75% or higher, have at least 80 reviews from critics, and have five top critic ratings in order to qualify for Certified Fresh. I will discuss what top critics are later in the episode. Limited release movies must have 40 ratings, five top critic ratings in order to become Certified Fresh, and a TV show's requirements are 75%, 20 reviews, and 5 top critic ratings. So, you don't need to remember all those percents and reviews, you just need to know that when a movie is certified fresh, that means it's the real deal and it's generally a really good movie. And as you can see, top critics are clearly an important part in determining this. Examples of certified fresh movies in the last year are Dunkirk, Spider-Man Homecoming, War for the Planet of the Apes, and Wonder Woman. So as of now, You should have a good idea of how Rotten Tomatoes works. It has a basic rating system out of 100%. 1 to 59 is rotten, and anything above that is fresh. But if it meets the special requirements, which includes 75% or higher, with 80 reviews from critics and 5 top critic ratings, then it becomes certified fresh. But since the rating system is based off of the inputs of critics, then don't we need to know how credible the critics are? Because if the critics don't have good credibility then they can leave a rating which is very inaccurate. So let's look at the minimum requirements of becoming a critic so we can see how truly credible they are. So the criteria of becoming one is divided into three different categories, print, broadcast, and online. A professional critic falls into one of these categories. So first, let's take a look at print. Print is exactly what it sounds like. They're printed publications such as a newspaper, magazine, and more. And a critic with this kind of publication must obtain and maintain the following. They must be in either a top 100 daily U.S. newspaper, a top 100 weekly U.S. newspaper, a top 100 magazine, or a top 10 entertainment-based publication. Now, top 10 or top 100 in anything is extremely difficult to obtain. So clearly, this criteria is very demanding. The next category is broadcast. According to Rotten Tomatoes, a broadcast such as a national TV or radio outlet, it must achieve and maintain status as a national TV or radio outlet for tomato meter consideration. Alternatively, a TV outlet must be broadcasting in one of the top 10 DMAs. 
radio outlets must be broadcasting in one of the top five DMAs, and that's very hard to achieve. And the last category is online. The online publication must achieve and maintain a minimum of 500,000 unique monthly visitors, and reviews must have an average length of at least 300 words. Now, 500,000 people, that is a lot of people for a movie review website or online publication. So for the criteria to be this difficult, it means that many people use it and it's very credible. So as is, these requirements seem very impossible. But remember when I mentioned earlier that there's another type of critic called a top critic and that a movie or TV show must have five top critic ratings in order to be certified fresh? Well, in order to be a top critic, the criteria is even harder. And I didn't even think that was possible. According to Rotten Tomatoes, top critics are the most significant contributors of cinematic and critical discourse. In order to be considered, the critic must be published at a print publication in the top 10% of all circulation, employed as a film critic at a national broadcast outlet for no less than five years, or employed as a film critic for an editorial-based website with over 1.5 million monthly unique visitors for a minimum of three years. And the reason Rotten Tomatoes has these requirements so high is because Rotten Tomatoes has 26 million global unique visitors monthly and 14.4 million alone in the U.S. For that many people to use a website already shows a sense of credibility because if people found the website to be inaccurate and unhelpful, it wouldn't have maintained that number of unique visitors. So, we know that critics are reliable, but how reliable is the actual tomato meter itself? Well, there's actually a major flaw with the system. When a regular person is going on Rotten Tomatoes, for example, they might see a movie that has 90%. So they might think that, oh, the movie is a 9 out of 10, or 90%, so they go into the movie with very high expectations. However, when a critic is submitting the review, they either rate it as fresh or rotten, or positive or negative. So the rating is really the percent of the critics that liked it, not the average rating that they gave it. So the 90% really just means that the 90% of the critics liked it. And the problem with this rating system is there's no margin between like and love and dislike and hate. I'm sure we've all seen a movie that we liked but didn't love and then seen a movie that's just plain phenomenal. This system puts it so that the movies we like and the movies we love are on the same level. Because when you're either leaving a rating of fresh or rotten, for example, if you're leaving a rating of fresh, it can be either good or extremely good, except it doesn't specify which one it's talking about. So a decent movie that everybody just likes could receive a 100% rating, which is completely different than what somebody would think just looking at the rating. So personally, I decided to test how inaccurate the system is because theoretically it shouldn't be very accurate. So I, what I did is I found the percent of movies on Rotten Tomatoes in the last year that I agree with the rating and I think is reasonably accurate. And I will only mention the movies that I disagree with its rating. One thing that's important to know going in is that when a movie is 70%, which would be looked at as a C-, which isn't good in real life, is completely different on the website. I mean, a 70% rating is considered to be a very successful movie. So again, I decided to take a list of movies released in the last year that's on Rotten Tomatoes and take the percent of those movies that I generally agree with its rating. So that way I can take that stat and compare it to other websites and see which websites I think has a more accurate rating system. And so the movies that I used highlight Logan Lucky, Atomic Blonde, War for the Planet of the Apes, 
Dunkirk, Wonder Woman, Guardians of the Galaxy, Fast and the Furious, and much, much more. And so total, it adds up to 23 different movies. And so I went through all of them and decided to see which one of those I agree with. So the movies I disagree with are, first of all, Return of Xander Cage. It was 44%. I thought it should be lower because I thought it was agreeably just a terribly made movie. Great Wall was 35%. I disagree because it was. I thought it should have been much worse. I did not like it at all. I mean, some of the effects were okay, but for the majority, the effects were pretty bad. And Kong Skull Island was 76% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is one of the very few movies recently in the last year that have completely shocked me in terms of the rating on the website. Because when it's 76%, and I think this movie should have been a maximum of 20%, because I found the acting in this movie awful, the effects were barely decent, and when the acting in this movie is as unconvincing, the movie's a bore. And then there's Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, and that was 51%, and I disagree with that. I thought the rating should be worse, because it felt like a five-year-old wrote the dialogue. You can't tell me that Cara Delevingne, a young actress, and another young male actress in Dane DeHaan are capable of saving the universe. The development of plot and characters are just plain awful, and neither the effects or Rihanna could save it. So it ended up as a 19 out of 23 on Rotten Tomatoes. 19 out of the 23 movies that I used ended up being accurate. Okay, so now I'm going to compare the personal accuracy of Rotten Tomatoes for me to some other popular movie review websites out there. The first one I decided to use is Roger Ebert. Now one thing I noticed was the star system was different on each movie. For example, Logan Lucky was rated out of 4 stars, while Dark Tower was rated out of 2 stars, and Valerian was rated out of 4 stars. It's just all over the place. So just looking at this, the scale is much worse than Rotten Tomatoes. Because what gap is there between 1 star and 2 star? Because if it's out of 2 stars and it's 2 out of 2, that's 100%, which is insanely good and should be considered one of the best movies of all time because it's 100%. But then if it's 1 star, it's automatically 50%, which is considered insanely bad. And there's such a huge marginal gap between those that Rotten Tomatoes just doesn't have. So I decided to continue to see if I just generally agree with the ratings of these websites and see if it was accurate. So Logan Lucky was 3 out of 4, for example, and I agree with that. But then you get a movie like Atomic Blonde, which is 3 out of 3, which I just completely disagree with because that's 100%. And sure, the movie was pretty good, but it's not 100%. And then that's out of 3. And The War for the Planet of the Apes is out of 4. And then Alien is out of 4. Alien Covenant is 4 out of 4, and it was not that good of a movie. And all these movies are 100%, but they don't deserve that. And then, for some reason, Logan, and if anything, compared to the other movies on this website, should be a 4 out of 4, but it's 3.5 out of 4. And I completely disagree with it. So, Roger Ebert, the website, got 12 out of 23. Now, that is a terrible percentage. However, there's definitely a benefit to the website. They have extremely detailed and lengthy paragraphs reviewing the movie. And Rotten Tomatoes is mostly just used as looking at the tomato meter rating. But if you're looking for a really in-depth review, then you may want to use this website for that. And the review itself is way more accurate than the star rating on its website. And one thing is, for example, Xander Cage is 2.5 out of 3, which is pretty good. However, one of the lines within the review itself says that the plot could have been written on the back of a cocktail napkin. And that's something I agree with, and that's something bashing the movie, even though it had a pretty good rating on the website. So by just looking through the website, if you want a detailed response, then this website is great. However, don't just look at the star rating. And another thing is that it contains some plot points in the movie that happened towards the beginning. 
So if you want to know absolutely zero about what happens during the movie, then I wouldn't look through this review. And the last website we're going to look at is imdb.com. And I use this website a lot, especially for this podcast, because it includes a lot of information, including the cast of the movie, the box office, and the budget, the storyline, details such as runtime and release date. And it also includes a lot of random trivia, which I personally enjoy reading. However, how accurate is this rating system? Like War for the Planet of the Apes, at 7.8 out of 10. And I agree with that more than I agreed with Rotten Tomatoes rating. And Dunkirk was 8.4 out of 10, and there's a lot of movies that I agree with. However, there were a few movies that I disagreed with, like such as Xander Cage, which was 5.2 out of 10. thought that should have been lower. Valerian was 6.7 out of 10. I thought it should be lower. Dark Tower was 6 out of 10, and I thought it should be lower. So a common theme is that most of these movies should be lower. And a lot of the movies you look at are generally around the same rating, but some are just a few points higher. And so I looked through the movies that I disagreed with, and some of those were like Xander Cage, which was 5.2 out of 10, and I thought it should be lower, but it's still understandable considering it's lower compared to all the other movies. And then Dark Tower is 6 out of 10. It's still somewhat understandable because it was entertaining and it had really good acting. Then you have Pirates of the Caribbean, 6.9 out of 10. It's pretty, pretty high for pirates, except it's still somewhat understandable because of the undeniable special effects. And so all the movies that I disagreed with, which ended up becoming seven movies, they were most of them were somewhat understandable. Even though I agreed with less movies than I did with Rotten Tomatoes, it still was pretty accurate. So I would say that the rating system is pretty good, but it's not great. So in conclusion, theoretically, Rotten Tomatoes rating system shouldn't be accurate, but looking at a simple rating system compared to that of other websites, it's the easiest to use and the most accurate. However, it's still not always accurate, so there is a way to use it so that it works almost every time. An extremely beneficial thing about the website is that you can find unlimited reviews attached to the movie. You will never be short of reviews to look at. So before watching the movie, take a look and thoroughly read through these reviews. And then also, under the tomato meter, it tells you four different things. The average rating out of 10, which is closer to that of Metacritic and IMDb. And then it also says the total reviews submitted, how many of those were fresh and how many of those were rotten. And so, for example, Guardians of the Galaxy was 82%, but had an average rating of 7.1 out of 10. So if you look at both these ratings for all the different websites, it'll give you a more accurate representation of what the movie will be like than just by looking at the tomato meter. And then on top of that, if you also read through some reviews, you can truly find out how good the movie is and basically never be wrong. And another important thing that you need to know is that don't use the audience rating because as you can see, the critics are so reliable. Why would you ever depend on what the audience rating is? It's generally pretty inaccurate and I would never recommend using it. And the audience rating tends to be way more biased and way more inaccurate. So to conclude, Rotten Tomatoes generally has a very accurate tomato meter system. And if you wanted to make it as accurate as possible, you can look at the average rating and look at the critic rating on the tomato meter and not the audience. However, for many people looking at the ratings, that can spoil the movie beforehand. Because if you see a movie that has a low rating such as 30% and then you go watch it, the rating will be in the back of your mind throughout the movie and prevent you from truly enjoying it. But for me, personally, I always check the review before seeing the movie because I don't want to waste my time watching a bad movie, especially if I know it'll be bad beforehand. 
But if you're easily manipulated by a rating being bad before watching the movie, then I wouldn't recommend looking at any kind of review before watching it. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I would really appreciate it if you subscribe. If you're an iTunes user, you can subscribe at zombiesheroes.com slash iTunes. And if you're an Android user, you can subscribe at zombiesheroes.com slash Android. I'd also really appreciate it if you left an honest review and gave me feedback. You are the best. I'll see you next time.